0: Hey, you, were, you were my very
1: first Instagram money six years ago, very oh first ever. <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing, isn't it? And Danny, there is so much that's happened, but I've got loads of questions for you. But what I'd like you to do, just very okay. quickly, to share, share the person behind who was Danny before she became this leading lady in the um, entrepreneur world? Well, I mean, I'm still the same person <laughs> she's very <laughs> humble before? she has I must admit in six years she hasn't changed she's still so humble, but yes, carry on Danny, but she's been modest oh. though. um who was I I, I'm just somebody who's led
0: by passion I've always loved writing from age four remember you know being asked what I want to be when I'm older and it was always I'm going to be an author and be a vet at the same time but I kind of I didn't go for I didn't go for the whole vet thing I went for the teaching instead um I'm someone who loves working with young people inspiring them empowering them um you know helping them along their journey and that that that's really me. Just my my, my love is is writing, and that, that's never changed. Um, but you know, obviously, I've been on a journey from when we first met. Um, you know, learning about business—it's all
1: happened organically. But I just think when you when you lead by the heart, mm. things just happen. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I know you. You know, you got success with your first book. Um, I think you've written three. Was there two other books before? Um, I have written eight eight in total, but three
0: that are out. Well, you've got Mr. Wrong, the Seven Shades of Love, which is the poetry book. And then I did the Mr. Wrong workbook. Um, I've done four four workbooks. They're not really books. They're more books that I use within my work that I do in schools and um, with other authors. And then obviously Lockdown Life. So in total, eight, um, but three main books.
1: Well, today we are going to talk about lockdown life. But before we go there, you got you had so much success. I remember you were everywhere with um, Mr. Wrong. You know that took <laughs> you. So, no, but the book it took you at so many places, and um, you know I, it was it was amazing. And like you said, you know we did the interview, and um, I think that even ended up someone. Um, blogged about, put you on their blog, all sorts of things, you know, was happening. Yeah, they yeah.
0: Did, yeah. And someone who won the copy of the book actually then became, this is before I even had the publishing company that she she um, published her book for us a couple of years later.
1: Wow, there you go. From your show. Oh. Oh. You see, people. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, like I was saying, with Danny, she's very, very humble. I mean, because, you know, she's now um, published for other authors, 80 books, I believe it is, and is that, is that right? Around there, yeah, 80-something, 80, 80
0: I'm, I'm in the 80s now, I don't know the exact number, wow. but...
1: And, you know, what is it like for you, obviously with your own success as an author, what is it like for you being able to give that back to other people? Do you know what it is?
0: I mean, how I started out, you know, the whole journey was when I was wanting to publish my own book. The, the idea was never to set up a publishing company and publish other people's work. It was more I wanted to, you know, get my own book out, which consists of other women's stories and stories from men as well. And so through going through that journey and understanding how hard it was, you know, writing a query letter, trying to get an agent, trying to get, you know, a publishing company to, to say, yes, this is brilliant, we'll publish you. And having all those rejections kind of made me realise that, look, I've been waiting for validation all this time, you know, a company or people up in the higher echelons that I will never see, you know, to tell me that my story matters. Their stories matter. We matter. Our voice matters. And I know that these women's stories matter. And I, I know that the message I had in my book mattered. And I, I know that even more so now because of the feedback that I've had, especially from other women um, saying how it's helped them. So I knew by hook or by crook I've got to do something to get the book out and so from there organically I was getting you know lots of mainly women at the time coming to me saying that they wanted to publish a book and I was hooking them up with different editors, typesetters, cover designers and then in the end mentoring them through the whole publishing process and then seeing them you know them have success made me realize I should have charged <laughs> wow. no it made me realize that you know this needs to be a business, you know, I love working with young people, I love mentoring, and I also love literature and books. Fuse those together, Conscious Truth Publishing, and I never thought, I didn't really think in my head how this was going to grow, but I never thought it would grow as big as it has in this short amount of time um but what it's shown me is that there's a desperate need for so many of us everyday people who are amazing writers and some of us aren't you know aren't necessarily gifted in writing but they have powerful stories mm. that when you have the right team around you you can can not only have a powerful story but something that's polished and written well who aren't getting heard who aren't being listened to by the mainstream who who aren't, haven't got that outlet to publish their books and so it's it's made me understand the value of you know allowing people to have a platform to to have their voice heard and their story out there because it impacts other people as well
1: and you know um what i'd ask you danny for women because um, i know primarily it's women who's come forward um but i also know that you um have published children you know children who's written books and i i yes. think as well men as well that um come through yes. you as well yeah Um, Yes What does that feel like, you know, children and, you know, men, you know, having, you know, a voice Because we all know, you know, we always hear that men don't really like to talk and don't really like to share But what is it like to see those other two groups coming through?
0: We've had a few men. So, we've had um, Marcus, who's done two volumes of the Black History Colouring Book with us, as a learning mentor. The book's been really successful. Lots of kids. <laughs> Wherever I go, I always uh-huh. tell people about it. Somebody knows someone who's got the book. Um, you know, Paul Lawrence, who's written a book, 101 Letters to My Son, which is very obviously based on you know parenthood and you know father-son relationship uh Patrick Merchant who's published 20 things I wish I knew when I was 20 really great for young men but you know anyone can read it but I think it's really important to have for men to have a platform and I think you're right there, there definitely is this thing that you know women love to talk we've got so much to say <laughs> you know we've got our stories but men often go unheard which is in another way I guess pretty weird because um back in the day you know female authors if in order for them to have any kind of agent or being taken seriously they would you know have to be go under the guards of a man jk rowling was her alias was a was a male name um but just naturally i've just attracted more women um in terms of what what i do um children are that's got to be the most rewarding our youngest author 13 they're, they're both 15 now um, one of them wrote a eighty-four thousand word sci-fi novel in six weeks in the holidays and when i asked her what motivated her she said oh i was bored oh my goodness <laughs> oh, wow. she's on book two now oh wow
1: yeah i mean it's so nice you know to see young people coming through and um you know writing their stories and and um you know, just being, just having the confidence and self-esteem. Can you imagine what that does to them? And like you said, she's on her second book. So, you know, yeah. once she's grown up, you know, she's got all that behind her, and God knows what's going, you know, what's coming ahead. So, yeah, and for them, it's normal. It's whereas you know, back in the day, we had Topsy and Tim and Jane and
0: Peter, and there wasn't anyone that really looked like <laughs> us that was writing or featured in books. And for them, it's like, yeah, I'm
1: 13, I'm on my second novel. You know, <laughs> that's absolutely, absolutely awesome. And, um, you know, I know that you have na- you've got a brand new book out, which um, is absolutely brilliant in the Catching. Daniela Blechner style, of course. And, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, tell us about why did you, well, first of all, actually, what I want to ask you, your company's name, Conscious Dream yeah. Publishing, what, how did you get that name and why did you choose that name? It's a lovely name. Okay, do you know what? I actually came across a letter that I wrote and I posted on
0: Facebook. I wrote this letter 18 years ago and it was at the time I wanted to work in film and TV and I had ideas for animation, I, animation programs. And so I'd written a letter and at the top I'd written my own business address, which was really my dad's address. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> um, Conscious Dream Productions. And I was saying, you know, I've got a company called Conscious Dreams Productions, but rather small. And basically, what I'm asking is can I have some work experience? Is <laughs> <laughs> the letter. So I always had Conscious Dreams from 18. Um, do you want the truth? I, w- I went yeah. to Amsterdam when I was 17 and there was a mushroom shop called Conscious Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, I love that name. But the real, the reason behind it, the reason behind it was um, the deeper, that that's true, but the deeper reason behind it was like when I was young, um, I used to, I never used to have nightmares really, but the, the, the rare times when I did, I remember, say for example, I might be being chased, I remember waking up, but not waking up in the dream. And there'd be like a narration on my mind would say to me, right, this is a dream. You can control the outcome of your dream. You're the narrator. And so I would then make a decision about what was going to happen next. So either, you know, so I would pause the dream in my mind and then either the person who's chasing me will run away in the other direction or I might turn around and say to him, do you want a cup of tea? And then it's all, <laughs> it's all just found. But I found out later that's called lucid dreaming, yes. which is conscious dreaming and... That's where it came from, the idea that so many of us have dreams and we think we don't have control and we think that, and some people think that they don't have to put any hard work into actually achieving their dreams, but Conscious Dreams is about putting the right action into whatever it is that you need to do to achieve that dream.
1: That's lovely, I, I love that and um, I love the dream there and lucid dreaming is so powerful, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's such a creative source by itself and like you said, once you do the action... Then now we know why, you know, why um, Danny's success has been so amazing because she's not only got the, the conscious, the, the dreaming aspect, but she's actually put the action, the action in as well. And um, as we said earlier on, um, lockdown life. So, Danny, why lockdown life? What made you write this book? no I was in lockdown yeah well I know but you know come on
0: (laughs) (laughs) so lockdown life is like a snapshot um it's a humorous but reflective snapshot of lockdown life um I was in lockdown by myself in SE27 and um it gave me a lot of time to think and reflect. I think in the beginning, everyone had a different journey. And I think for me in the beginning, I lost two of my jobs in one, literally one day. It was like, well, there was, there was no my teaching job. Obviously I run my business, but I also, you know, do workshops in schools as well, which is a really big part of my income. And that was just, oh no, well we're going to be closing schools in two days and say so your last day is today, bye bye. And there was no security. And so I think the beginning was really, really shaky and coming out of that and being able to like come up with a strategic plan in terms of finances what i need to cancel what i need to put on hold what was available for people who slipped through the net like myself the self-employed people once i kind of got through that it just became a bit of a relaxing experience and it just made me look at things differently so you've got three different sections you've got The lockdown characters, you've got lockdown roadman, you've got lockdown newbie couple, you've got the lockdown teacher, you've got the person who's working from home and who's used to working in a corporate office. I think a lot of people who work in corporate offices are having epiphanies about what their life (laughs) is really about. Um, The second half is about the second part is about you know lockdown dating lockdown activities zoom calls snacking and the third <laughs> part is a bit more serious it's about you know what can we learn from this time so it looks at lockdown lessons you know being of service to your community not just thinking about self um being in nature connecting with yourself all, all different aspects and so all of these things are things that you know i find there's beauty in every struggle and it was hard it was it was hard for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons but I think there's always joy and laughter to be found um but also I wanted to go into well what how this is a unique period of time so there must be something that we can learn from this snapshot this time you know so just
1: to pull out those those lessons you know and also just to document this period in time as well and I think, you know, when I look at all the different um titles, you know, the different chapters, you've really covered everything. You've you've kind of brought every <laughs> everyone in. We're gonna you, I know you're gonna read um an excerpt from, from the book. Um and you know, it, it's it's exciting that you've managed to take something that has been quite you know, people have been stressed and you know, upset and all sorts of things have happened. But you've also looked at the light side of it and um thinking back like this time last year we didn't even know what lockdown was no you know this is no. like like this book. Was. if someone's in a coma and wakes up they've been locked down what's that about you know and it's well, <laughs> you've managed, <I> <laughs> and you've managed to write so no but you know I'm just thinking someone who's who's uh, who was here at, you know yeah. before this and then they've come back and it's like what well, you know and you've managed to kind of um you've grabbed everything and um did you talk to different people different people in the different um um formats such as you know say te- i know you're a teacher so did you speak to your yeah. teacher friends did you speak to um i know your coach no. as well so life coaches and people who's <laughs> at home and and or was it all just you know what you know from your own uh, life it's just what i've observed i always like i'm always um I've always been an observer. Mm-hmm. So I watch
0: and like, I look at people and, and I sound really creepy now, but I just say, <laughs> <laughs> I just find people really interesting. You know, lockdown roadman, I don't need to research that much because they're everywhere <laughs> I live. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, then there was the lockdown teachers. Yeah, a lot of my friends are teachers. And so I guess hearing their experiences um, maybe would have inspired me. I sent them the, when I wrote it, um, like, when, I, when I wrote that first, book, I actually sent it to them and they all laughed Um, because they were all talking about teaching teams and getting up at this time. And so that gave me some inspiration. The lockdown life coach came from, you know, (laughs) people that I saw on social media, you know, come on, learn a new language and clear out your chakras. Yeah, everyone should be on it and going through a transformational time. It's like, no, people are stressed right now. Let people be how they want to be. Um, So uh, most of it through, a lot of it through observation.
1: Yes. No, it, it's, it's a great book. And, and as you've said, you know, this is your eighth book. And was it, was it easy for you? Did you, even though we're living this now, was it easy for you to just go through it? Or did you, you know, was it, was, were there times when it was um, emotional or stressful or what have you as you were writing it? Or did you find it no. just quite straightforward?
0: I love writing and do you know what, this is the first book I've written for six, for four years, like you know before that was my workbooks and I realised that I love doing what I I do, I love mentoring and working with people but it it meant that I'd forgotten what I really love and I think what lockdown gave back to me was like okay what are your gifts and talents, who are you, you know you don't have to rush from a book launch here and this event and go there and then go and teach here and I was in one place and so I had, if I was tired or whatever, if I'd overworked, I'd just close the laptop and, you know, I didn't have to worry about rushing off somewhere else tomorrow. So I had more time to focus on, on writing. And so writing for me was a joy. It's I can't imagine it ever having to be stressful. If it's stressful, then that's not the jo- That's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my relief. And I, th- I think the only stressful thing, well, not even stressful, the only thing I... Uh, that was a little bit frustrating was when I when I got to the end and written everything all I needed to do was to put the organizations at the back because at the back of the book I've got voluntary organizations um organizations for mental health and things like that at the back helpful website <laughs> it took me I think I wasted about six to seven weeks I didn't do anything once I've written the book I didn't do anything in t- and then um I collected all that and I just allowed that to hold me back and I don't know why because I'd done all the hard you know I've done all the writing but for me the hard bit was because it was boring you know getting all the names and addresses together and writing them down and just in my mind I was like no that's boring I'm not going to do it.
1: so the, the so mundane that the things bit. yeah 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 so <laughs> yeah. no I, I mean I totally um because I came to your zoom um, launch and what was it yeah. like doing a zoom launch compared to because it was so fun I really enjoyed it and you know you had some, you had some amazing people there and what have you so tell awesome. us about tell, tell the listeners about your your launch it was so difficult because part of our service is that we help people to, we, we organise people's live events,
0: so book launches. So I'm used to the in-person signing the books and, you know, speaking to people. But it was actually quite cool and a lot cheaper, you know. So <laughs> we did, like, just created a flyer. I had some friends at my house who had like a little celebration here and then you know we had about 80 people on zoom and we streamed it on facebook as well I had a host Ingrid who's fantastic she'd read the book we had um some of the proceeds are going towards um Natasha Benjamin's organisation called Free Your Mind which is an organisation that um, supports children affected by domestic violence which is a figure that rose during lockdown and um, so we had a representative for that organisation speak and then we had a little discussion we had an an interview about the book and then interspersed discussions about people during lockdown I think we we spoke a lot about different things lockdown dating um can't even remember. Then we spoke about lockdown lessons. So it's a competition. A little bit of dancing at the end. Mainly just you know me <laughs>
1: and the people at my house because you couldn't hear the music. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, it was. It was it was really lovely. And um, you know, it, you just you could just see that you were in your element, and everyone had a great time. And um, I felt really re- really refreshed after oh. coming from. <laughs> Your, your lockdown launch and that was lovely and there was a there was a chapter that you read i wonder let me see what chapter was that ah lockdown roadman and i wonder lockdown if you roadman. i wonder if you could um, do the honors and and read, read an excerpt on the book Farrah. i could are you ready for lockdown roadman yes, we are.
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> okay the lockdown roadman women yes. just when you thought it was safe Just when he thought it was okay to walk down the street without being accosted by what we affectionately call the roadman, we realised just how wrong we were. If anything, one thing we should have all learnt during this time would be how to be mindful of each other's space, show a little patience and slow down. Well, space, patience and slow down aren't in lockdown roadman's vocabulary. In fact, if anything, they're simply speeding up ladies you know the road man i'm talking about and if you don't you're lucky Here's the one that stands on street corners or outside betting shops and news agents waiting to find the exact right moment to screech any of the following at you pretty girl i like your eyes <laughs> beautiful or any variation of where your man these include why you have no man you have man pretty thing like you have no man?" Or if you look anything like me, you'll get a personalised lyrics, I hate this, such as browning, browning, which progresses to big Betty girl. So no, somehow the lockdown roadman's chirps and game doesn't seem to have been hampered by lockdown, unfortunately. And I'm starting to wonder whether they were listed as essential workers and we somehow missed that on the memo. Now what's surmised after studying their habits is that, although the frequency of their lyrics may have decreased as there were fewer sensible people around, the intensity has increased. It's almost like a panicked desperation to get a lockdown girl, girl being his word, not mine, as soon as possible. With this desperation, the laughter lines around the eyes appear friendlier and the lyrics have a certain softness to them. Hey beautiful and sweet girl, sound lighter and leave a softer fragrance wafting in the air. However, the spell is quickly broken when he comes swaggering towards you for your number, breaking all manner of social distancing rules. This leaves women running for their lives, leaving lockdown romance to wait patiently until its next victim walks out to buy some essential tampons. So why are the lyrics softer and desperation levels intensified at this time? Well, simply because the lockdown roadman spends most of his time outside. He hasn't yet made his house a home. He can't cook, won't cook, misses his grandma's cooking and is so desperately willing to fast track his single status to lockdown so he can be off the streets, be taken care of and fed three meals a day. Don't be fooled, ladies. We're not lockdown girls. Then there's a bit, which is how to spot a lockdown roadman. Oh. Key, key, key key phrases, sweet girl, hey gel, yes girl, demeanour, <laughs> needs to make moves quick as he doesn't know where his next meal is coming from.
1: <laughs> That's lockdown Wow. <laughs> Danny, I can see, yes, you definitely had fun writing that. I mean, my, you know, it's so funny because, um it you know, to put that in there and it just makes so much sense. It's like everyone can you know, put themselves in a place where they think, Oh yeah, I can relate to that. I you know. But you you wouldn't expect it during the lockdown and um it, it sort of um, adds a, a light hearted side to it and um, I had to turn the volume down here because I was laughing. Oh my god. But you know, obviously this you know, this is a this is a great book and um we you know we it's out now. It is out. Is it is it out? Yes, it's yeah.
0: out yeah, it came out on the ninth, so it's out.
1: Yes. Yeah. And how can, people, how can people get a copy? Well, it's in all good
0: <laughs> bookstores. But I'm going to plug black-owned Tulsans. Um, I wish I had the uh, web link on me, but if you go to tulsansuk.co.uk and put, type in lockdown life, it will come up. You can get a signed copy or you can go to any good retailer like Amazon, Waterstones, Barnes & Noble, Foils. Um, yeah, they're the best ways.
1: Danny, and what I want to also talk to you about today, because obviously you are a, a book you are a publisher. Yeah, you publish books, and yeah. I want to um, just really go through with you. Um, anyone who's interested in becoming an author, and can you just kind of give a, a, a quick summary of what the journey is like? Because you know, oh, so, yeah, just because someone people are listening and they might think, God, you know, I'd like to write a book and. You know, yeah. after, hearing, after hearing your excerpt back. So what would you say? What, where would people start? What would be the first thing?
0: I would say I'll give three tips before you publish your book. Um, and I always say this to authors. The first one is to really clearly know what is your message why are you writing your book? Your why is so important. Your why is more important than what you do. It's 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 who you are and why you're doing it. So, if the purpose of for me writing Mister Wrong was because my why was I wanted to unite, inspire, and empower women and give us a platform to share our stories that self discover. The clearer you are about your why, the clearer your message runs through your book, and the clearer your message runs through your book, the. The more service that you do, your audience or your reader, which brings me to my second tip, which is to know your reader. Be really clear about who your reader is. A lot of people, when I, I offer free thirty-minute consultations, and I always ask, "Who's your book for?" And a lot of the time, I get, "It's for everyone," <laughs> because they're scared. They think, "Oh, no, I can't, can't sort of just make it niche. It's got to be for everyone." But when you say everyone, you do your 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 core audience a real disservice because you're neglecting, you know, how. you're you speak to the 16 year old it's going to be completely different to a 60 year old You're different generations words have different meanings use different phrases you know we're going through different transitions or challenges in our lives so how are you going to really appeal to your or to your reader how can you find your reader where are they going to be how are you going to market your book um building a vision number three is really important so it's not just a lot of people think you know i've written a book Right, can you click a button and it's published? There's a whole process behind it. But what people also don't know is when your book is published, that's when your work begins. It doesn't end when your book is published because your book will just get lost. You've got to have a plan. How are you going to get into press? Have you spoken to Imani to have a radio interview? <laughs> you <know? laughs> are you like um have you got any speaking engagements lined up are you trying to if you've written a children's book are you trying to get into schools how are you going to connect with your audience how are you, get, are you going to have you made a list of you know local bookstores that you can contact about your book to stock your book so it's like you know thinking about the whole vision and not just the product. So th- those are the three key things that i would say to definitely consider before you uh write your book
1: yeah, um, you know, and that's such great advice because I think that that's the thing, isn't it? It's like having the ideas, having the words uh, on paper is one thing, but it's about, like you say, you know, who are you, who's going to read the book? Who are you talking to? And yeah. uh, have, you th- have you taken that into account and, and all the other things that go there? So, and this is where, you know, your, your 30, is it a 30-minute consultation? Yes, three 30-minute right? yeah. consultations, yeah. Um. And as we as we said at the beginning, it's for you know women come women come forward, men and children as well. So it's for anyone who feels they've got a book and they really want to get it out there to the to the world and to the people that they are truly speaking to. Ali. Yep. all oh, right
0: okay <laughs> oh, so what was i missed that i missed that i'm sorry oh, what was you, the
1: question no 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 i was just i was just sort of um going over what you said about you know people knowing oh, right because uh, as you said it's really important to speak to know who your your core yes. audience is because if you're speaking yes. to everybody you may miss the vital people who you know you're really looking for
0: yeah, and dilute your message, and also, you know, you're going to miss out on being able to really, really connect, because it's about connection, isn't it? You want to connect to your, your core audience. It doesn't mean that anyone can't read it, but the, the clearer you are on your audience, and the more you know about
1: them, the more successful it will be, I think. Danny, what I want to ask you, what, is there any topics that you haven't seen, or what's the, the most popular topics that's come through? Because I mean, say someone's sitting at home and saying, I wonder if my book, I wonder, you know, this is quite a rare thing that I want to write about. I wonder if um, I can get it out there. I wonder if people would, you know, read it, purchase it, or if Danny would produce that book for me.
0: It's really interesting. Uh, things that are doing, selling really well right now, um, I would say definitely over lockdown. Wow, black hair. That's been a huge one. We had two authors. One, um, one published a book a children's book um, called Curly Kyla, based on this young girl loving her hair um, and you know embracing her identity books like that are massive we had um, another book published by um, Sarah Roberts she wrote she's the founder of a uh, Saffron Jade, so she creates hair products and she wrote a book which went into real detail you know you and your hair how to care for your natural hair she sold I think 330 before it was out wow that's how quick it went wow. so that it, it, and it depends on what you know and during that time obviously a lot of us were at home the hairdressers were not open so, so people had to do with their <laughs> hair they're like what am I gonna do and a lot of people embraced it um children's books are huge at the moment uh especially ch- uh, children's books that feature diversity you know diverse characters um and what we often get are people who have stories of overcoming, you know, huge things: and like mental illness, depression, um, illnesses, abusive situations. So I think people really want to connect to stories that touch people's heart in some sort of way and empowers them. Because there's a difference between sort of writing for you as a cath- cathartic exercise and actually writing. With an outcome in mind, a message, and and thinking about how you want the reader to come away feeling, because so you don't want your reader to come away feeling, oh, that was depressing. Yeah. You want to give, you want to give hope.
1: Yeah. So I think those those are big at the moment. So books of hopes and inspiration is um, the way to go. Um, yeah, and I think even if your book, say you have got a story that is, you know, not very, you know, not very nice, something you you went through some tough times or something difficult you know you can always end you know you can always find that happy you know place for people to come away with feeling oh you know she overcame that or he overcame that and you know maybe I can overcome it as well yeah finding purpose in the struggle with the challenge Mm -hmm. yeah so Danny what I want to ask you you're you're actually living your dream you wanted to write since you (laughs) was a, a young girl small girl and you are not only doing that, but you're also helping other people on their journey. What would you say to anyone whos who's got dreams or they've got dreams that's locked away, you know, due to maybe self-esteem or things going on, or certainly with COVID, so many people have just been focusing on, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't have, yeah. um, I don't feel I know what to, what the next move is. What would you say to get people, you know, dreaming again? so dreams on lockdown that'll be the title of my next (laughs) (laughs) book there you go lockdown dreams oh
0: bring them out Um, what did I say Mm. that there is no one like you there'll never be anyone like you again like we've all got no one will ever have your fingerprint no one will ever have your story and a lot of people think oh, well, who wants to listen to my story? And like uh, other people have gone through it as well. What makes me special? But no one can tell your story the way that you can. And the way you touch somebody with your words and your message may be completely different to how somebody else does. Why would you want to bury that and, and not to ever know? And for me, I think life is short. I, I haven't come here. None of us have come here to be... I don't say mediocre, but none of us have come here to have dreams and to never explore them or to lock them away. So if there is a dream or if there's something inside of you, then I think you do people or society a huge disservice by just keeping it inside. You know, the richest places in the graveyard is where all the the, the dead dreams are. I, that's that's my nightmare. Why would you want that?
1: If you don't, if you don't feel the fear and do it anyway, you'll never know if you don't give it a go. Very strong and, and powerful words there. And, you know, Danny, what I would ask, you just um, going back to um, lockdown life, can you just, again, you can just help let people know because maybe someone's just tuned in, but I'm speaking to the lovely Daniela Brechner, who's an author and she's also a book journey coach and she's also a publisher. And we're talking about her fantastic book. So, Danny, yeah, would you like to just, yeah, just say to let people know, you know, why they should need this book, how this book can get them... You know laughing their way out of the you know the listening to the news or whatever is going on you know about yeah. covid 19 or what have you
0: yeah and then that's the thing the 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 virus is never mentioned in the book this book is specifically about lockdown yeah. you know looking at it from a humorous but reflective point of time um so if you're just tuning in <laughs> lockdown life is a humorous <laughs> and reflective snapshot of the unique period of time called lockdown um People that have read it, it's literally a really short read. <laughs> My friend read it in the bath, bath the other day in an hour, wow. and she messaged me, so I couldn't put it down. I said, when you wrinkly or when you came out? <laughs> But a lot of the feedback that I'm getting is really good. It's made people chuckle. There's a character they can connect with. You know, a lot of people can identify themselves in the (laughs) character profiles. Um, And also I wanted to create a bit of balance to have that laughter, but to also have that seriousness and that reflection, that introspection within that book. And we'll never hopefully see a time like this again. And I hope that it can, you know, it stands testament to, like how many years to come to look back and think, oh my gosh, we went through that. Or my parents went through that, or my grandparents went through that.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's, that's, you know, that's interesting you say that. That will be like a momentum um, in years to come. A memento in years to come when people, you know, wow, that's funny time in 2020. when we <laughs> had this thing lot. called lockdown. What was that, you know? I know, it's wow. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, you know, Danny, I really, really enjoyed speaking to you. And like you said, you know, it's such a such a while ago. And um, what I want to ask you is, um, obviously, you've had so many dreams being realised. What does the next few years, the next two, three, four, five years oh hold for Daniel and Do you know, it's really interesting because during lockdown, I stopped thinking about the
0: future. I literally was like, everything was day by day. So, um God, what does the feature house? Who knows? I, I, I genuinely don't know, but I don't, I'd i love to have my own bookshop um, or chain of bookshops. Each room will be themed. So, and I've thought about this, so there'll be a children. I love you know fantasy and children's and all that sort of stuff you know a children's room with lots of games and you know a place where you can escape off into fantasy lands and you'll have like the poetry room with people doing you know um, spoken word poetry and the travel room where people f- actually have to walk through I'm just thinking about all of this now so when they walk into the travel <laughs> section I'm just I'm building you're, this dream with you now you're putting it out there now we're all building it together it's wonderful. yeah yeah when when they walk into the travel section, they've got to walk through you know those things that you have to walk through that check to see if you've got any um what are they call security. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound very I fun, found does the it? Name, but, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> 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 Just having a community of people
1: engaged in reading but actually enjoying the experience. And that's the question, you know, with you being a teacher and you always loving books and I've always loved books. Why? What's so? Im- you know can you what's so important about but what are people missing who do not read books because there's many different ways to get to you know to get um absorb information but what is yeah. it about holding a physical book or reading a book that is so you know different I mean, not everyone loves reading,
0: which is why, you know, I, you know, I'd love to start doing more audiobooks more. I haven't done any. I'd like to do, do an audiobook service. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely one for audiobooks as well. But the act of reading, for me anyway, holding the book in your hand, and I've got a Kindle, but I, I, I love also the fact of having the book in my hand there. I can't really explain it to you, it's the same as writing, you know, having a pen in your hand and writing, you're creating as you're writing, and as you're reading, you're immersing yourself, it's it's experiential, you're immersing yourself in a different world or someone else's mind and seeing something from someone else's point of view and escaping for that short time in reality, or if you're reading a fiction book, you're delving into history or gaining knowledge, and it's the act of actually reading and turning the pages is what gets you actively involved in the experience never really thought about it but I think that's that's what it is that like, there's so much power in one book as long as as long as, as, long as it's a good book but there's so much power in just one book
1: absolutely you you can you know fight it's like you're going into another realm or another you know you can sort of lose yourself for, for a while in a book um, yeah. and you know you come back you come out of that book and it's like oh wow and then you can go you know you can go back into it you know there's this special place where you can go and um you know um your imagination the in a workshop i like to call it the creative workshop inside yeah create your own because it's like you can watch a movie and then it's a a book that's been turned into a movie and everybody has got their own interpretation and they might go to the movie and think oh that's not what that's not how i saw it yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) Because it, it gives you a chance to, for you to be the director, the producer, the, you know, the, the stage person who, who puts the whole thing together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think, yeah, I, so I just felt, you know, with you loving books, all this, and I think it's really lovely. There's this thing of when someone between the age of one and seven, they say that you can pretty much um, work out what someone is going to do when they get older. And does that, 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 does that make sense with you? you liked books from that early age and here you are in the Um, book business
0: I can't speak for for all children but I think I definitely think there's like a real innocence and purity when you're young and so when you're asked a question when I was asked what I want to be there was never any like conditioning thrown upon me to say well I don't know any authors that look like me or there's no you know characters of dual heritage in, in the books that I'm reading so I can't be an author it was very off the bat, I love reading, I love writing, I'm gonna be an author. It wasn't it was it, it wasn't it it wasn't like that's not what I'm gonna be or I'd quite like to be. It was like, no, I am going to be an author. And that's why I say to, to people who there's so many people who are stuck in jobs that they hate and they, they go to work and they come home and they just complain about their jobs. What is it that what are those gifts and talents that you loved as a kid? What is it that you wanted to do when you were young? Because that informs you about a big part of who you are. Because I think when you, when you get older, you, some people lose that sense of innocence, that sense of like who they are and what they want to yes. be and what they want to do. So I think that's why
1: I love working with young people as well, because their imagination is limitless, wow. you know? They, yeah, they, they will take you into all sorts of territories and you're like, wow, yeah. And, and that's what it's about, isn't it? To dream again and not lose that... To connect with that small that little child inside and i think sometimes being out there in the corporate world it it gets you to you know sort of null the voice of your your inner yeah. child and when you're doing something creative something that you love something that you have to do from you have to get from within it it allows you to dream again and be you know think as a, as a small child and have that creative um flow coming from you yes Danny, I have enjoyed <laughs> having you on the show again. And um, is there anything else you would like to share with us? Is there anything that you're doing um, coming up shortly or anything you'd like to say to the listening um, audience?
0: Well, we have. Last year, um, October, we had an event called Black Authors on the Rise, which is in response to some of the statistics, one of which was, of characters in children's fiction um, feature, I hate the term BAME because it lumps us all in one, so I'm just going to say black or brown people, featured black or brown characters. To me, that is absolutely unacceptable, especially the fact that 39% of children are of, you know, Caribbean, Asian or African um, heritage. Mm -hmm. So it's about where is the how are we going to address the balance and so i'm now looking at taking (laughs) a lot of the events that we did online so i've now organized on the 25th of october i haven't advertised anything yet we are speaking with i've got eight of my authors talking about their books Um, we've got children's authors we've got some poets um celebrating you know authors of African and Caribbean heritage we've got eight-year-old girl called Miami Ray who does a lot of our book reviews she's been working with us for a year she's so sweet she reads we send her out all the children's books and she does a little video on YouTube um she's she's done so much over lockdown she's done lots of events she's been reading books she's been doing her YouTube um, YouTube videos so she's going to be speaking and yeah that's on the 25th of October haven't got it out yet but but it it will be you'll you'll see it if you follow Conscious Jones Publishing on all the social media
1: and you know outlets yeah as you've said about um black and um, black BME or black black community in the in the in the book world yeah oh yeah that I mean that's a big one isn't it because is it would you say that it's still a struggle it's still a big struggle and percent. yeah a hundred percent. I mean, that figure um, was
0: one percent of characters, main characters, were um, featured black or brown people, and now it's risen to five percent, which is still, although it's risen, it's still yeah, tiny. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: In two thousand and eighteen, the top one hundred best-selling children's books, only one featured a character that wasn't white, and that character was Lanky Lane, who was a mixed race burglar. You know. Mm-hmm so and it's not like the authors aren't out there so we've got to look at who the people at the top of the chain are within these traditional publishing houses that are making the decisions because when you go onto their websites their workforce is not representative of the diverse society that we live in and that is the problem and so i'm just a believer if things aren't happening
1: we've got we've got to create them ourselves for sure and what would you say danny what can we do what can we do as a community who care about this um situation what what would you say is something we can do collectively support support your authors either write a book (laughs) but, but support black
0: authors out there you know promote their work invest in their work buy from them there's lots of um black online retailers you've got no no ordinary bookshops you've got this is book love that's been going for years she's got a ton of books written by black authors and she does things called the book carnival so she'll travel around different towns with with the with the literally like a traveling book book <laughs> bookstore book market um there's UK, um, dot uk.co.uk tolsonsuk.co.uk um, it's not just books on there there's lots of products um black owned store uh, lots of products on there from black owned businesses including books so we've got to be responsible i think for supporting these authors supporting these works of fiction um helping to promote buying into them not, not always buying from the big giants as well buy directly from the author
1: and, you know, as well, get, how, would, how easy would it be to get them into the um, library and into schools? Can parents um, ask for certain books to be listed in schools and, and in the local libraries or, you know, how would that, you know, is there anything there? So that's not it's not
0: easy to get them into schools but that would be a great idea if any parents know of any books um written by black authors that they'd want to see in their schools and yeah definitely speak to librarians um you know when I go into schools doing supply work I <laughs> always find myself in the library saying oh did you know I'm a publisher what were you interested in these books nice. so <laughs> <laughs> you know and I always say to the authors contact libraries go make those contacts get out there go to your local library see if you can do an event there so you can get your book um stocked in and not stocked but if you, see
1: if you can get your book into the library so that it reaches more people so that's the that's the thing so it's there is a there is an issue out there but also if we sort of you know try and do some leg work as well it it can help yes. the situation somewhat and get yes. that five percent up a lot more a lot higher than you know because um, that, so, that is so sad to hear that It's like, wow, you know um, I think
0: it's definitely changing more and more I mean, like I said, when I was growing up I'm sure with you as well oh I, 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 I barely saw any because, books
1: yeah, it was very, Enid
0: Blyton The Gollywog, you know Even then I didn't know what that was, mm. but we, we didn't see ourselves and i think kids now like miami ray for example her mom said to her the other day um oh she asked her mum who her favorite author is and she told her, and she said well why don't you just send her an email and go and meet up with her because for her that's normal she's seen so many she's gone to all these events where wow. she sees black authors speaking and she's met some of the authors by going to our events and stuff so wow. for her it's like well if i want to be an author i can be an author it's it's standard and that that's 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 what we need to see more of, I think, where it's not it's it's normal, and it's not just called a black book, it's a book that features a black character you know living in everyday life,
1: yes, because um in in your mind as you're going about your daily- you know life, you're not thinking about you know what color you are, you're just thinking I'm a human being, and yes. why shouldn't you know why shouldn't our books reflect that so That is lovely. And I think um, also for children, so um, parents listening, um, you know, there's books you can contact. So Danny, can you leave your details again so people know they can, because you've got a whole host of, of books now book connections that people can yes
0: find. <laughs> <laughs> so, um my book lockdown life isn't on my website yet but if you're interested in publishing a book and you want to see what some of the books that we've published and need to update it the website is www.consciousdreamspublishing.com um we are on instagram and facebook and consciousdreamspublishing.com i'm under linkedin under daniela Bleckner. um we offer free 30 minute consultations. So if anything's inspired you today, or if maybe you've always wanted to write a book, you can book me for a free 30 minute consultation. And um, all of our books are available on all the websites. So Tulsans, Amazon, some are available on my website. yeah lots lots of places just down life put it in <laughs> lockdown <laughs> life book put it in google
1: <laughs> yeah you you'll have fun with that and um you know get you away from the you know from the tv or you know anywhere where you're feeling a little bit you know focusing on other things focus on something to yeah. laugh laughing laughter is so good for you so and yes. danny's given gifted that to us so make the most of it danny i Aww. have enjoyed your presence as always and it's just been amazing and having you back here as you know danny the you know book journey author and the um the the book publisher and that is so wonderful and you haven't changed at all you're absolutely right you're still the same um danny and it's wonderful to um have you here on um, conscious radio with us today yay (laughs) thank you so much
0: i always love speaking with you i feel like i've come full circle now wow